Hello, and welcome to How Long Must We Sing This Song with Doug Vinisky, where we talk about perspectives, creativity, health, and finding solutions to long-existing problems. Maybe your heart is racing, and you don't know what to do. You don't know which way to go. You want to run, or fight, or you feel frozen. I get it. I've been there. We've all been there. Or maybe you've seen mindfulness, meditation, or breathing, whatever you want to call it, has suddenly become a more mainstream movement in popular culture. Maybe someone told you, hey, try breathing exercises. Maybe you simply heard a song about breathing and you skeptically think, what are they talking about? I'm breathing all the time. How can breathing really help my racing heart and the out-of-control feelings I'm having? Don't worry about understanding it. We'll cover the evidence and science another time. I spent the last two years working for a breath analysis company where we talked a lot about breathing. We also talked a great deal about meditation and mindfulness as a way to manage oxidative stress and emotional stress. In 1994, I went on semester at sea while studying comparative East-West philosophy and was first exposed to meditation and Tai Chi. When I got back to the States, I was lucky to find some great teachers. Over the last few years, I've had more and more people asking me for tips on meditation and breathing exercises. So here it is. If you're feeling stressed, anxious, angry, have been triggered by something, or are simply in the midst of an emotional crisis, here are what I consider to be the best breathing exercises for those situations. Try one or more right now and see how you feel. If you're not sure if it helped, no problem. Try again. If you're not sure if you're doing it right, don't worry about that. It's about the process and it's about the practice. If you do it, you're doing it right. Exercise one, just watch your breath. You've heard this one a lot. You'll see it in many of the breathing meditation apps. Go try those guided meditations, go work with them. But if you're looking for something more immediate, just inhale and pay attention to your breath. Is there tension? Where in your breath do you encounter that tension? Does that relate to a place in your body that is holding tension? Does it relate to a thought or worry that's creating stress? Can you let the tension and thought go and instead focus on your breathing? How does the inflection point between inhale and exhale feel to you? What do you notice when you pay attention to your exhale? Of course, the goal in meditation or breath work is to quiet the mind and relax the physical body. So hopefully as you pay attention to your breath, you can let go of thoughts. Don't worry about answering the questions I mentioned. They're just really meant to help you connect with your breathing. Your breathing is the key to your life. The lesson in watching your breath is that you can't control your life, but you can control your breathing response to life's events, even the most stressful ones. Okay, exercise two, the Laird 7 count. I just made up that name. Um, Laird Hamilton, he has intentionally placed himself in more stressful life and death situations than most humans. For him, that's been fun. It would likely be less fun for you and I. He trains hard for it. Part of his training is breath training. In a podcast where he was interviewed by Joe Rogan, I was stunned at how much Laird talks about breathing. I'm a big fan of breathing, I'm a big fan of Laird, so I thought this particular interview was pretty awesome. 
in it, Laird states that if you extend your breathing to a seven count, this automatically flips you into a parasympathetic state, meaning you override the fight, flight, or freeze response, meaning your heart rate slows, your blood pressure lowers, and your muscles relax. All of this is really useful if you're trying to be productive or you're feeling stressed about a meeting and not actually being attacked by a tiger. I'm sure Laird has tested this, and if it helps him deal with 40-foot waves, I'm sure it can help you deal with public speaking, bad news, or a bad event. Okay, so let's give it a try. That's inhale. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. And exhale. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Great. That's it. Keep doing it. Exercise three, the box four count. Speaking of life or death situations, soldiers and special forces experience some of the most stressful situations imaginable. According to a Fast Company article titled, These Navy SEAL Tricks Will Help You Perform Better Under Pressure, Navy SEALs employ two specialized breathing techniques when under pressure, tactical breathing and box breathing. It's a great article, and you should absolutely check it out when you have some time. What they call tactical breathing is probably the way my teachers would have told us that we should all be breathing all the time. When it comes to box breathing, there are lots of different ways to practice box breathing. The box four count described in the article I mentioned has become one of my favorite in the moment mini meditations. In deeper stages of meditation or breath work, the inflection point between the inhale and the exhale slows and expands. I find the box four count method helps represent that experience, it rounds out the breathing, and it's effective in stressful situations. If Laird likes the seven count technique because it flips you into a parasympathetic state, then I like this one for the exact same reason. In my experimenting with it, I can see why the military would rely on it, and I'm also sure anything the military relies on and teaches for dealing with combat situations has been well-tested, well-studied, both scientifically and in the field. Furthermore, going back to Laird's point, I think this approach extends your breath past that seven count that he mentioned. It's natural for most people to instinctively match their count rate to their heartbeat. So try it and let me know what you notice. Okay, so now let's give the box four count a try. That's inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four. Great, that's it. Just keep repeating it. Exercise four, inhale the light. Inhale all the light in the universe. Really visualize all of that light that hits us over time. Years and years coming from distant galaxies, swirling gas, endless numbers of stars. Inhale all of that light. Feel your lower abdomen expand. Exhale all of the negative energy within you. Again, inhale all of the light in the universe. Feel all of that light compressed within you, filling you with healing and filling you with energy. Exhale all of the toxins within you. Inhale all of the light that's ever existed. 
Exhale all the pain and sorrow that anyone's ever felt. Let it go. Inhale and let the light replace it. Exhale and release anything harmful to your mind or body. Inhale the light and replace it. This is my favorite meditation. I do this regularly to the point where words fall away and I'm simply visualizing the inhalation of light and the exhalation of space. This comes from many different healing meditations and Taoist and Yogananda meditation techniques, but I've tweaked this to become my own thing over time. I have a specific visualization I do, which I probably can't explain well without diagrams, but if you're interested in learning more about it, please let me know. It's probably best if you just take what I've mentioned, practice it, and tweak it to become your own. A closing thought I want to share from a recent TED Talk. Dr. Sandeep Drauhar gave a great talk about the emotions and how it changes the heart. And in that TED Talk, he said, The American Heart Association still does not list emotional stress as a key modifiable risk factor for heart disease, perhaps in part because blood cholesterol is so much easier to lower than emotional and social disruption. In traditional Chinese medicine, it's said that the emotions are housed in the heart. So every acupuncturist should jump up and agree with what Dr. Dwauhar is saying. The deeper issue for medicine is that it's hard to subjectively measure emotional stress, especially since what is stressful for me may not be stressful for you, and what is stressful for you may not be stressful for me. The only way we measure this is through blood pressure. So how do you measure and treat emotional stress, something reliant on a patient's subjective experience? Some circles in Western medicine are slow to trust the patient-reported experience, and it's incredibly difficult for the healthcare industry to profit from breathing and breathing exercises. So you'll have to take it upon yourself to defend and protect your health in moments of great stress by practicing some of these techniques. In everyday matters, when you get angry, anxious, fearful, impatient, or otherwise find your emotions are starting to control you, use those moments to practice some of these breathing techniques. Practicing them on a regular basis can have great benefit when those real life or death moments happen, when you're really under pressure, when you're really under stress. You can't avoid those moments, but you can take a breath, you can look inside yourself, and you can see you're prepared to deal with them. Thanks for listening.